Hey gorgeous souls, this is Rada, your host at Galactic Goddess Podcast. If this is your first time listening, I am the founder of Goddess Code Academy, the mystical school for the divine feminine. I'm also an author, coach, and teacher, and the creatress of original healing modality, Goddess Activations, trademarked. (laughs) But seriously, I am here to bring the goddess back to earth. No, seriously. After all, I am named after the goddess of love, Radha. And in this episode, I introduce you to goddess Akhilendeshwari, the never not broken goddess and one of the goddesses in the Goddess Activation series. Tune in to find out more about her and how she can assist you wherever you are and whatever you're going through in life right now. And if you'd like a session with me, reach out with the link below. Hello, gorgeous soul. So I told you I was going to be doing a podcast on Akhilandishwari. Say it after me. Akhilandishwari. She is a goddess that I am absolutely in love with because she just represents really where we are as humans. Um, she is the goddess of never not broken you know being the state that the world is in right now she's one of the most appropriate goddesses so i wanted to read to you um this beautiful uh, writing from sutra journal about akhilandeshwari and the power of brokenness Akhilandeshwari is a South Asian goddess who is known as she who is never not broken. Her name references her universal and cosmic powers. Akila, universe. Anda, universe. Ishwari, sovereign ruler. The word Akhilanda means always broken or never not broken. The double negative is meant to emphasize the truth of her brokenness. Now, it may seem strange to think of a goddess as broken. In Tantra, the microcosm is the macrocosm. And Akhilandeshwari broken because we and the world are broken. Now, you guys, don't get offended. <laughs> if you're like, I'm not broken, I think we can see that the the system is broken, okay? And until we get that sorted out, things are broken, and everything affects everything. So let's not, like, you know, deny the fact <laughs> that, you know, we're going through a breakdown so we can get to a breakthrough. Without the breakdown, there w- would be no breakthrough, We can only get to the deepest aspect of our being by having the breakdown. It is not hard to feel not broken with all of these man-made crises, conflicts, and disasters and devastations going on in the world right now, with a pandemic especially. And not to mention any personal dramas playing out in our lives. 
Every day we're bombarded with media of images of pain and horror and fear, which paralyzes us to our core. Um, You know, so many people's minds are trying to understand and rationalize the innumerable losses and atrocities and I think our collective broken hearts seek to find the thread of connection, healing, and solutions. Clearly, we are all impacted by the global crisis, pandemic, and as some people say, scandemic, you choose, during these times. The sense of powerlessness that many of us feel alongside the desired sentiments of hope, trust, and faith can be very confusing overwhelming and it often breaks down the psyche a lot of people are going through um, pandemic fatigue they're exhausted exhausted mentally exhausted and that's not hard to figure out because you know being quarantined all the time many people are feeling depressed let's face it I mean, so many people have committed suicide during the pandemic and turned to drugs and alcohol and, you know, listen, a glass of wine, there's nothing wrong with that for most most people, not for alcoholics, but for most people. But, you know, there's a huge escapism going on. So what is needed to help us find our way through how can breakdowns lead to breakthroughs how do we approach the challenges pain and difficulty and disempowerments that overwhelm everyone around the globe the question is how do we transform the world let alone our fears and personal sense of impotence into something meaningful magical empowering and most of all liberating When facing despair, it helps to turn to the millennia-old philosophical and spiritual traditions of India, in particular, the Tantra tradition that views and understands every aspect of existence as an expression of divine consciousness. Come on, guys. Let's get divine, okay? There are hundreds, if not thousands, of deities with the Shakta tradition whose mythologies and practices can guide us through the very paradoxical nature of our existence here on earth okay meaning we are temporary (laughs) on earth we are infinite beings but we need to connect with that which is infinite in order to remember our infinite existence people So if you keep focusing on the problem, you're going to get more problems. If you focus on the solution of the divine, you're going to get more divine. For me, I'll choose a divine. And that's why I love Akhilandeshwari. She is one of those goddesses. So what does a never not broken goddess have to teach us? Well, Akhilandeshwari is not a very well-known goddess. In fact, she is one of the least known goddesses yet i found her because she is one of the goddesses that called to me for my goddess activations she is one of the baddest bays in the goddess realm and i'll tell you why in a minute she's said to be the original vedic goddess and is herself a respiratory of knowledge She brings us close to Saraswati, goddess of wisdom and arts. 
She's also said to be the goddess of Agamas. Those are texts known as Tantras. And she's also another expression, emanation of goddess Saraswati. So I don't know if you know Saraswati, but she is one of my favorite goddesses too, because I love them all. But she's really the goddess of art and inspiration and, you know, for artists, you know, poets and and singers and songwriters and people who create. She is the muse who activates. She brings divine inspiration. Divine, okay? Because not all art is divine. And there's, there's a beautiful guru, Sri Sri Nandamurti, the late Sri Sri Nandamurti says that art should be to elevate your consciousness. It is not, you don't make crap to disrupt more people's consciousness, okay? Don't do that. People are already very disturbed. <laughs> they don't need more of that, okay? They need to integrate, activate. They need to, um, you know, face their shadows, but not be inundated with more garbage, so Saraswati will keep you away from the garbage making machine and she will move you towards more of divine art, okay? We want to go towards the divinity. We want to go up, not down the elevator. So Akhileshwandari, she has a beautiful dark complexion. She has a serene smile. She carries a trident and rides her crocodile through the rivers of life. Her crocodile assists her and her prey, and her trident represents her union with Shiva, as well as her wrathful powers. Oh yeah. She's not a goddess to mess with. You want her on your side. One devotional song in praises of this goddess called Akhilandeshwari describes her as a form of poverty, the daughter of a mountain god. So, Parvati is Shiva's consort, or wife, his his twin flame, and uh, you know all these gods and goddesses, they they all incarnate in many forms. So, Shiva and Shakti. So, really, Parvati is still part of Shakti. I hope I'm not confusing you, but if you know a little bit about the goddesses, you get what I'm saying. She's also associated with Durga. And Durga is also one of my favorite goddesses <laughs> because she's the baddest bay. She has Kali coming out of her head and she she fights demons <laughs> by just existing. And she takes no prisoners. You know, um, I'll have to tell you another story another time. But Durga can help us move through very challenging difficulties in our life. Basically, she is a warrior goddess and she kills demons, entities, darkness, black magic, you know, all that which is not divine. And of course, we understand that in the big, big picture, the creator created everything, right? Yin and yang. But... We are in a very specific time, people, where you got to choose. It's now or never. Those that don't choose are choosing by not choosing. They're just choosing by default. So if you're not choosing that, then you're choosing 
what is given to you and the thing is so so many people have their eyes closed (laughs) wake up (laughs) wake up i am begging you please wake up because if you wake up the world's gonna be a better place for all of us so durga really you know she she rips the blinders off she (laughs) doesn't play games if she's coming she's coming for the kill all right so Durga helps us find the light of our essence through the, the cracks and the chaos. So she's a really wonderful, you know, goddess to guide through tumultuous times. All right, all right. So I wanted to share Akhilanda Shwari because, um, you know, she really came through strong for me. There... I'm here in the Appalachian Mountains and there was some injustice going on with the water here. Um, there's a big shared well and somebody who doesn't respect people <laughs> turns off the water for people. But, you know, where I'm at, at the very top of the mountain, very tip 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 top of the mountain so it's hard the water has to go up the mountain so when they turn it off because they're doing retreats and stuff like that it actually causes a huge problem for everyone because they don't have any water and then on top of that um when they turn the water back on it doesn't come back for a long time because it's hard to get it moving and i got really really upset about this because i thought that was really in unjust inhumane and this is a retreat center that's supposed to be of service to people that claims to be you know um spiritual and yet they're doing these wrongdoings to people so i had to call out one of the head directors and let him know what's up that if he doesn't knock it off i'm coming in with a lawsuit because it's um you know there there are certain things that people need to have in order such as water right and that's how this place was sold it it included the well water but um looks like i'm going to be creating a new well which is kind of cool because i like being i like having some independence you know um and then i want to of course create just just off-grid living because i think it's a really good thing to be having access to at this time all right but let's talk about akilinda shwari so um she came through me and i really felt the power of her like i felt fierce like this isn't right it wasn't just about me it was about other people who were suffering and i really went i walked i called them up and gave them a smackdown and then I went up to the house and I knocked on the door and talked to the guys face to face. And I could tell he was getting so upset. But, you know, he, I had to give it to him. I had to tell him. And it wasn't being mean. It was just being really, really real. And sometimes you got to get real if you, you know, if you're standing for justice, you can't be a wimp. You can't be a coward. You got to, you got to have a little something, something. Be able to walk your talk, you know. And I would put my money where my mouth is. And if lawsuits necessary to bring justice, so be it. Okay. So um, 
the other thing about goddess Akalanda Shwari is that you know because she's Parvati let's not confuse I know this is probably a confusing podcast for those that don't get goddesses but let me put you on game so she's married to Shiva and as as the um, aspect of Parvati um, so she ha- she wears gold earrings designed with the Sri Yantra. And the myth portrays a theme that we find in many of the later myths and legends around wild and fierce goddesses to control and contain them by locking them up in a room, in a box, no, or taming or domesticating them through marriage. And usually this theme denotes a power shift with a goddess giving her power over to her husband. Once married, she loses her independence and becomes submissive and passive. In this myth connected to Akalanda Shwari's temple in the village, you know, uh, the local people begged the temple to draw out the goddess, goddess's fierce and destructive aspects to appease her. They created a Ganesha temple just opposite of her so that the first being to catch her eye that day would be her son, the remover of obstacles as the aspect of poverty that is her son Ganesha. This helped seduce some of her destructive tendencies, but that was not enough. Then uh, they created two earrings shaped like the Sri Yantra to draw out the wrathful energies and they were placed in the goddess. This apparently calmed her, because who doesn't love jewelry, okay? <laughs> and one can find the mutra of Akilandeshwari wearing these earrings in the temples today. In addition to being a symbol of her marriage to Shiva, the earrings also signify the divine union of consciousness between the two deities as well as through the essence of Sri Yantra. However, unlike the other goddesses who lose their power once they are married, Akhilanda Shwari, the never-not-broken sovereign goddess of the universe, is known to be even more powerful. She is said to bring liberation from death to both her husband Shiva as well as to humans. In the myth, we learn that through the placement of the Sri Yantra in her ears, her powers are transformed from being threatening to mesmerizing and from having a local to universal presence. However, it is said that she only wears the earrings during the day. At night, her full powers are unleashed. This is a goddess who cannot be fully contained. No one can remove the destructive and the mysterious qualities of the night or the fierceness and the brokenness that she also contains. She is the power of the Sri Yantra, eternally united with Shiva, and she contains the cyclical energies of creation and destruction. This is a goddess whose wings cannot be clipped in marriage or even in her own ever-brokenness. Perhaps there is something to learn from the transformation she undergoes from being a fearsome and formidable goddess of the local people to one who takes on a universal role 
of governance. Brokenness seems to to suggest separation, but if we look closely, we can see the full essence of what is being ever-present beneath the cracks that can lead us to our own sense of eternal sovereignty, as well as to balance the union within. By first working with our own fears and these intense energies, we can bring more peace to the world as well. Let me clarify, the goddess is not an archetype, but a vast field of consciousness. She's not just a symbol. She does not represent something. She is so much bigger. She is a force, the ultimate reality. She is the great mother goddess herself. Each of her thousands of names help us to access a specific field of consciousness and each field is an aspect of her entire being. Goddess, as I have been taught and I experienced her, is not going to simply fulfill all of our ego's desires, nor nor should she be used to chalk up horrific and painful experiences as quote-unquote cosmic lessons about some spiritual truth we have learned but not yet embodied. All right? It is disturbing how often we avoid the pain and the reality of suffering by dismissing certain events, especially global ones and personal, as karmic or another lesson of impermanence. There may be truth in the karmic repercussions of the universal laws around impermanence, but sometimes it is too tempting to skip a step or two by completely spiritual bypassing the emotional territory that our losses and fears have triggered. Wow. Okay, that was powerful. (laughs) I mean, in the spiritual community, you can spiritually bypass anything, but that is not how you learn and grow. You have to face your fears, and that is what... Akhilendeshwari is all about facing it. The intensity of the emotions, the pain we do not want to feel, all of the broken pieces in ourselves that we tend to neglect and try to push away or ignore, this is the very territory Akhilashwandari says. Look at it. Deal with it. Look at your part in this. Look at what is broken in you, and you will understand what is broken in the world. Look at how you may be contributing to these conflicts in your ignorance and in your destructive tendencies, your addictions and denial, in your fear of everyone different than you. One of her many gifts is to remind us of the powerful power to be found in our brokenness, in the loss, the fear, and the anguish. Akhila Shwandari's triple power as the one who brings, is, and removes the pain, loss, and suffering that breaks us down. She is the goddess who rules over all endings and transitions in our life. The loss of a job, family, member, friend, health, home, lover, 
And on a larger scale, the loss of trust, hope, and safety in a world plagued by chaos. She guards over all those experiences in life that can knock the wind out of us, sending us reeling, crashing down, and wondering how will we ever get up. Akhilandeshwari brings and removes the deep sense of brokenness, the crushing pressure in one's heart, the mental anguish, and the unexpected way one's dreams and hopes are suddenly swept away just when we think something in life is a constant. Many want to run away from a goddess like this, but ultimately we cannot hide So many problems in the world come from identifying with a false ideology that conceals what is real. To remember what is real through Akhilandeshwari's and our never not brokenness can be a fierce and painful process. However, she gives us the courage to face not only death, but also the many many deaths that happen repeatedly in our life. If we surrender and allow ourselves to go with an open heart in our pain, we can find refuge in our vulnerability and our imperfections. Akhilandeshwari rides a crocodile, a creature that teaches us about our primal instincts and especially about fear. The crocodile is one of the most ancient symbols of the primordial mother. She is fiercely protective of her kin. She is known to keep her baby crocodiles in her mouth behind her sharp teeth. This reminds us of the protection Akhilandeshwari provides over our creative expression when we call on her. The way the crocodile attacks her prey is also insightful to the goddess's nature. Instead of using her sharp teeth to devour, she grabs them and spins them in her jaws, disorienting and confusing them, whipping them so totally off balance until she drowns them. Akhilandeshwari and her crocodile spin us ferociously in her jaws till we are so disoriented about who we are what we believe we can only surrender in our minds which seek to control and hold on we are forced to let go of what we perceive as real such as energies as they come sweeping through our lives for when we do not we will most likely only create more suffering for ourselves and others Spiritual power, growth, and freedom can be gained through difficult experiences and the invaluable lessons they provide. There is always a gift in the pain we experience. The crocodile invites us to consider the many illusions in this life, all the appearances of things, people, and places, and all of our assumptions. She shows us that things are not what they seem to be. Akhilandeshwari and her crocodile, all the false pretenses and roles we play to appear perfect and whole are actually bait for her to come shake things up so we can come back to our true essence.
She destroys all illusions and delusions. She reminds us of the cynical nature of reality that we're experiencing in any given moment. And the potential of what we are becoming is ultimately limitless. With that brokenness, there is freedom. Everything is not so neatly ordered, controlled, and contained, nor does it have to be. She is not stuck in one form, nor does she want us to be. She demands that we consciously face our fears and losses without dismissing them, running away, or sugarcoating them. She invites us to cultivate the patience of the crocodile. She invites us to see the limitless potential of our being and becoming that brokenness holds. Akilandeshwari's intense teachings are not to harm us, but to dis- disorient us and our egos so that we can drop our attachments and come into our true, authentic nature. Akhilandeshwari dwells in, in the space between who we were and who we are becoming. She breaks our rigidity, our calcified habits and thought patterns. She's a goddess of transitions. Sadness, despair, and grief are some of her fiercest medicine. She teaches that, that it can feel brutal to our egos. But, but truly, she has your best interests at heart. No matter the loss or sense of devastation, Akhilandeshwari presents us with an opportunity to look at the wild kaleidoscope nature of our being. She shows us that in the splintered aftermath of any heartbreak, these disowned, disdained, feared, bereft pieces of our self reflect back an essential aspect of who we are. Our experiences shape us. We have choices in every moment to renew and recreate ourselves and by the extension, the world. When we remember the unlimited space behind our brokenness, we remember We piece back together the broken shards of our lives to form new patterns of being. The journey that unfolds once she releases us from her jaws is deep, mysterious, soul-affirming, and often intensely creative. Remember, she is an emanation of Saraswati. She is a goddess of spiritual knowledge and all of the arts. She will support us in our creations. Although fierce, Akhilandeshwari is not to be feared. She will give us the gift of our unlimited potential. She teaches us to be compassionate with ourselves and the world. Akhilandeshwari breaks us down, and after being brought to the depths of our despair, we come back to fullness, wholeness, which leads us back to our essence, the primordial goddess. Akhilandeshwari reminds us that we are never not broken, and there is tremendous beauty, fullness, and power in that.